Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Spy Bar podcast. Uh, first and foremost, apologies. It's been almost, uh, I think, four weeks now since uh, the last podcast was recorded just before the uh, the Masters, um, just with uh, business travel and uh, Easter and holidays and so on. I've just been unable to uh, find the time to get one out there. So uh, apologies for that, but um, hopefully we'll be back in the swing of things over the next couple of months or so uh, before the summer holidays kick in. But um it's been some obviously fascinating golf. Uh, uh, I mean, granted, um, I normally preview the last week's event, and I will come on to that, but I can't uh, can't not uh, touch on Tiger Woods's epic fifteenth major victory at the Masters. Um, I think, kind of first and foremost, just what a phenomenal achievement uh, by him. Congratulations, just uh, uh, spellbinding, and I think it, it just obviously overtook the sporting landscape front page back page of newspapers just an unbelievable story and it was classic it was classic tiger woods he um he wasn't error free he was obviously a little bit wayward at times with his uh, with his driver but just everything else was on the point his iron play was unbelievable his putting was so good his lag putting was phenomenal i still think about that that putt he had on the ninth hole in the final round how he managed to get that to stop by the end of the hole was uh, is still beyond me. But um, just a phenomenal performance uh, by him. And, and quite honestly, everybody else around him seemed to wilt. Um, it was definitely the Tiger effect of old, whereby he he was just able to stay that just a little bit ahead um, of the rest of the pack and no one else could, could quite get to him. Obviously, Molinari looked ridiculous for 11 holes before... Uh, uh, dumping it in the water. Um, Kepka looked like he might have a go at him, but just couldn't get anything to happen on the last couple of holes with birdie putts. And then you had other guys like Chauffelet, uh, Xander Chauffelet, um, Tony Finau, Jason Day, Patrick Cantlay, all made a little bit of a run and then fell away. So just uh, an unbelievable event and well played to him for uh, for holding it out. Um, just a great leaderboard and what a start to the major season for us. Um, we've got obviously the PGA Championships at Bethpage Black next week. Uh, obviously, do a, a big podcast prior to that, um, but uh, a great start to the to the major season and and one where Tiger could be uh, could be very prevalent with. You know, he's already won at Bethpage Black uh, previously, um, back in 2002 when it was the US Open. Um, obviously, we've got Pebble Beach where he's won there beforehand as a US Open event. Um, and obviously with the Open, he's never played at, uh, at Royal Port Rush, but let's, uh, um, you know, he's a class, he's a class links player as well, which is a class player. So uh, this year, 2019, could be a very good year for Tiger. Uh, I think on a, a world ranking point of view, he's only actually, for world ranking, um, it's basically your top 40 events uh, over the last couple of years are taken into consideration. He's only played 26 events and he's still number six in the world, if I remember rightly. So if he actually played his full quota of 40 events, he'd probably be world number one as well. And I think that's kind of testament, again, to just how good he has been and how consistent he's been since uh, since coming back last year. So long may that continue. The only downside, I suppose, of that win is that I don't think we'll see as much of him on the PGA Tour in kind of normal events. He pulled out a couple already. Obviously, he pulled out Wells Fargo last week. Um, we're going to see less of him. He's obviously not played since the Masters. He's just going to turn up at the PGA Championship next week. Um, uh, and then there's a, I think there's only a couple of weeks before the US Open, so he may not play in between the US Open, although he might play Colonial Jacks tournament there at Colonial and Ohio. 
Um, so let's see. Um, so that's the only downside is we won't see as much of him. But then obviously when he does come on, we'll see an awful lot of him. Um, and obviously uh, Sky and other broadcasters around the world who've got the rights to these events will be very, very happy. Um, other news on Tiger is that yesterday he received, the, or Monday even, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from none other than Donald Trump, bless him. Um, don't know what that means, but sounds very good. Apparently he's only the fourth ever golfer to receive such a prestigious award. Um, it's, I think, basically just showing outstanding quality in your field of expertise, which, again, he is uh, he has well earned. Um, so well done to him on that. I'm just uh, on, on Trump, um, not to get political, but just a, um, an interesting tidbit I heard over the weekend. There's a new book that's come out about him called Commander in Cheat, uh, by a guy called Rick Riley, who's quite big over in the States. Um, and Trump has, over the years, claimed he's won 18 club championships. Apparently, uh, Rick's done his due diligence and lots of interviews, etc. He has won precisely none of the 18 club championships he's claimed he's won. So um, apparently quite an interesting read. I've literally just ordered it just prior to starting this podcast uh, on Amazon because um, I'm intrigued to read what the, what the rest of that is. Um, anyway... Let's wrap up some of the other stuff that's been going on on the tours over the last uh, four weeks I've missed out on. Um, so we'll start with the PGA Tour. We had um, CT Pan, who won the RBC Heritage at Harbour Town. Uh, it's a travesty that that tournament is the week after the Masters. It is a quality golf course, Harbour Town, and it's a great event. It's a different golf course as well. It's not just the same old, same old PGA Tour. It's narrow fairways and all the rest of it, and it's just a strategic golf course. So it's a really cool golf course to watch and get different players at the top of the leaderboard suits different styles so uh well done to ct pan winning his inaugural first ever uh, pga tour victory um gets him into the masters next year gets him two-year exemption etc etc so well done to him and then we had john rahm and ryan palmer winning together the zurich classic um uh, John Rahm actually is now the eighth European uh, to have won on the PGA Tour so far this sort of 2018-2019 season. So that's eight European victories out of 32. Um, so a quarter of the events going to Europeans, which is pretty pretty good. I know Americans are dominating the European Tour a little bit um, uh, this season as well, but it's it's good to see the Europeans doing so well on the PGA Tour. Uh, so well done to those two. And then obviously finally last weekend we had Max Homer winning the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow. Quail Hollow is a beast of a golf course. The last three holes are the are the hardest three holes on the PGA Tour. The large hardest sorry three hole stretch on the PGA Tour, the regular tour. Um, just a, a brutal green mile as they call it. Um, Max Homer is a really interesting character. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter. Um, you can find him at Max Homer twenty three on Twitter. Uh, sarcastic, down to earth, everyday normal kind of guy. Happy to interact with people. This is a guy who started the week of four hundred seventeen in the world rankings and now breaks into the top one hundred. And again, like CT Pan, gets into the Masters next year. Gets into all the WGCs. Two year exemption on the PGA Tour. Just a huge, huge win for him. He's doubled his career earnings with this victory, um, and just kind of is the. I suppose the summit to a, to a career that really had some low points, whereby he never he thought he might ever ever make it. Um, in 2016 on the PGA Tour, he played 17 events, and he made he missed the cut in 15 of those 17 events. And his highest finish in the two that he did make the cut was tied for 71st, and he earned just 42,000 pounds in that year. Now, bear in mind, obviously travel costs, etc. He made a huge loss in that year. Um, went back to the web 
web.com event, a couple of victories there. Uh, managed to get to the top 25 in the web.com last year, which gave him limited status on the PGA Tour this year and well well played to him for taking his opportunity. By all accounts, just a super, super nice bloke. Um, he's getting married later this year. It's just it's just turned his life around now with that victory and hopefully he can go on a bit like the guys like Adam Long earlier this year, um, holding out Phil Mickelson and Adam Habwin uh, to win his first tour title. It was always great to see these kind of uh, I don't want to say journeymen because he's only 29 years old, but these guys who have made their way up the different tours, um, it's not all easy. A bit like Matt Wallace, not all easy, but to then make it um, and hopefully they can sustain that uh, moving forward. Just a good guy to root for. Um, it was a really good tournament, actually, the Wells Fargo. I know uh, Max won it by three shots in the end, but it was very, very tight going into the last day. Um, yeah, Justin Rose, who made a bit of a run, but then couldn't quite do anything in the last sort of five or six holes. He ended up finishing a tied third. Um, that tied third was his 35th top 10 finish in his last 56 starts since the beginning of 2017 so he's finishing in the top 10 in 65 percent of his starts which is ridiculous um he also had uh rory um rory was well positioned going to the last day but didn't get anything going uh, in fact he went backwards ended up finishing tied for eighth but then you had ricky fowler in there duffner was up there um i just wish someone would help Duffner with his putting I'm sure people are helping with his putting if Duffner could putt I mean Tita Green he was exceptional all week just a shame about the just cannot get that putter going um, but a really good event at Quail Hollow always produces some great winners uh, first time winners there included Rory's first win on the PGA Tour was there as was Ricky's as was the legendary Anthony Kim so it does produce some great champions as Quail Hollow so congrats again to, uh, to Max Omer on a fabulous first victory um, moving over to the European Tour, we've only had a couple of events um, uh, since the Masters there. You had Jorge Campillo, uh, a Spanish guy, winning his first European Tour victory, uh, winning the Trophy Hassan uh, in Morocco a couple of weeks ago. Um, just wraps off a fabulous couple of years, really, for him. I mentioned him, I think, in the last or maybe the penultimate podcast a couple of podcasts ago. He's had a number of top three finishes, and I think it's six top three finishes in the last 18 months. Um, so he was due a victory. So great to see him winning uh, his first European Tour victory. And I think he's going to be a name that's going to become more and more familiar with golfers um, over the next, uh, well, 12, 24, 36 months. I think he's a, he's a really one to watch. Um, whether he makes his way over to the PGA Tour, I'm not sure. But certainly from a European Tour perspective, he's going to be heavily favoured to win uh, the normal events on a week-by-week basis. And he actually followed up last week at the Volvo China Open uh, with a very good uh, turning out there. He ended up coming third in the end, tied for third. Um, as Mikko Kohonen, uh, the Finnish guy, won his second European Tour title uh, in a playoff against Benjamin Herbert uh, from France. Um, both Herbert and Kohonen um, were very clutched down the stretch, birdieing the uh, two of the last three holes each uh, and well-deserving to get into a playoff against each other. Um, it was uh, a bowl accounts a very kind of low scoring event uh, 20 under won it um, there were a lot of very good scores and very low rounds over the week 
but in particular, it was a very strong week for French golf. They had four players in the top 11. Uh, you've got Roman Longasque, who's certainly someone that I'm rooting for quite hard this year. I really like him and his story. He's a little bit like Max Homer. Uh, kind of made his way to the European Tour, then dropped back down uh, to the Challenge Tour and worked his way back. And he's just had a very solid season all year this year. And then the uh, enigmatic Michael Lorenzo Vera and uh, Victor Dubuisson, just both both great characters um, in the game and on the European Tour. So good, a good week for French golf out in China. Uh, so well done to those guys. And then obviously the LPGA Tour. Um, so it was a good week for, for English golf last week on the LPGA Tour. Yeah, Bronte Law, who came second. Uh, Charlie Hull finished in a tied for fourth. But the event, the LPGA Medi-Heel Championship, was won by uh, another South Korean, Say Young Kim. Uh, she won in a playoff against Bronte Law and Young Yong Lee um, on the first playoff hole. She birdied the first playoff hole to win that. That's her eighth LPGA Tour victory. Uh, and again, just another South Korean dominating on the LPGA Tour. Uh, but I think kind of the story was Bronte Law. She was 10 shots back going into the final round. Uh, shot an unbelievable uh, seven under in very challenging conditions when most people were shooting over par um, to uh, to force a playoff. Uh, so well done to her. She's been, uh, it's her second season now on the LPGA Tour. She's getting better and better. Certainly a name for us to look out for for the future. And again, Charlie Hull, good finish, T4th. Um, she did start the final round in second place, but just... Couldn't couldn't get it done. Um, struggled really on the back nine, and uh, you know finished tied for fourth, which was good finish. Um, hopefully she can build on that because again she's just so such a quality player that uh, you know another victory shouldn't be too far away for her. And now I think the only final thing that I kind of need to wrap up on is our picks and our leaderboard um, after the last four weeks. So whilst I've not done a podcast, I've still been doing the picks with the lads, with Simon Byford, Adam Trett, and the Invisible Golfer Mark. Um, so Simon has um, surged to the top of the leaderboard with myself. We both have eight points each. Um, he had a heroic Tiger pick for the Masters, which earned him four points. Plus, we had a bonus pick for uh, the winner of the par three competition, which he did. So the Masters yielded Simon five points. So he stormed into the lead with eight points. I've also got eight points. Adam not far behind on six points. And Mark, Mark's just having fun. He's got one point at the minute. But you know, with three majors still to play for, lots of points uh, on offer for the majors. Perhaps he's saving his best for... Uh, for the back end of the mid, the heart of the season, let's put it like that. Um, so, without further ado, let's get into this week. So, obviously, with the week before the PGA Championship, so um, uh, I'm going to start with the European Tour this week because we've got the British Masters hosted by Tommy Fleetwood. Um, the fields, both in on the European Tour and PGA Tour, are going to be a little bit weakened this week with the PGA Championships next week. So, there's a lot of guys who aren't playing golf. A lot of the top guys. You know, Tiger, Rose, DJ, Justin Thomas, uh, Ricky, Rory, um, John Rahm, etc. All these guys aren't playing. Uh, Francesco Molinari, etc. aren't playing this week in preparation for next week, which I kind of understand because both the tournaments, the British Masters on the European Tour and the Byron Nelson on the PGA Tour are kind of linked. Well, 
the British Masters definitely links, and the Byron Nelson plays like a links as well. So it's not necessarily kind of ideal preparation for the PGA Championship, but still two great events nonetheless. So let's kick it off with the British Masters. So this year, um, the British Masters move around uh, moves around each year, course by course. Uh, obviously, last year we had Justin Rose who was hosting it at Walton Heath, which was won by Eddie Pepperell, and this year it's hosted by Tommy uh, and is being held at Hillside Golf Club in Southport. I've played Hillside Golf Club back in 2017 uh, when the Open was at uh, Royal Birkdale, right next door. It is a beauty of a golf course it is an unbelievable golf course the back nine there um, is as dramatic as Lynx golf can get um, some of the some of the dunes are just enormous uh, it's it's breathtaking some of the views uh, and it's going to be fascinating from a personal point of view just to see how they play that course um, the only downside I suppose is that the wind isn't up as much as I would like um, I think the weather tomorrow Friday is is a little cold and wet um, and it warms up sun comes out a bit over the weekend but the wind never really gets up above like 12 miles an hour looking at the forecast so um I don't think it's going to play crazy difficult as a result. I think the conditions will still be relatively firm. Um, it's just, it was certainly from, I know I'm on the east of east of the UK, um, and it's still, although we've had some rain recently, the, the golf courses are running so hard already. So I just wonder whether that's still the case up in, in Southport. I'm not sure. I've not heard anything to the contrary to that. So it'll be interesting to see how firm it's actually playing. But um, it's a it's a true Lynx golf course. Uh, front front nine is relatively um, yeah it's a it's a good front nine. There's a really great par three uh, on there. The greens are immaculate, um, but it's it's when you get to that eleventh hole um, that you start to see the dunes and they're they're spectacular all the way through. So really looking forward to uh, to watching a fair bit of a golf whenever I can over the next uh, four days. Um, so in terms of kind of the betting and, and who to look at and the winners etc so uh, 2018 you had Eddie Pepperell winning um, at Walton Heath you had Paul Dunn uh, who then won in 2017 2016 Alex Noren won and then 2015 Matt Fitzpatrick won what you have to take into consideration Paul Dunn won at Close House um, Matt Fitzpatrick won at Woburn um, and I forget where Noren won off the top of my head but uh, they're not Lynx golf courses. This is going to suit a Lynxy style of golfer. Um, so the betting for this week, you've got Fleetwood at eight to one, Hatton eighteen to one, Pepperell twenty to one, Wallace at twenty two to one, and then you've got the likes of Yost Lauten, uh, Lee Westwood, Jordan Smith, Andy Sullivan. So there's a pretty strong British conti- contingent there um, towards the top. In terms of my pick, I-, I am actually going to go with last year's winner. I'm going to go with Eddie Pepperell at twenty to one. Can he become the first man since Greg Norman in 81-82 to win uh, back-to-back British Masters? Um, I think the reason for picking Eddie is that he's played pretty solid this year. He played pretty well in his few events over in the US, um, both of the players uh, in particular. Um, he just really likes Lynx golf. He's he's on record of saying it in numerous podcasts and stuff that he really enjoys Lynx golf. He obviously won at Walton Heath last year. He had a top five in the Open when uh, still half drunk from the night before. Um it just plays well. It's it's going to suit somebody who's creative, who's good around the greens, good short game. Um, so Eddie Pepperell, twenty to one, obviously his third favourite. I quite like him as my pick. Um, in terms of the lads and who they've gone with, so 
First things first, Simon still needs to give me a pick because he originally gave me Ian Poulter. He's not even playing. Uh, so I'll wait for Simon to uh, to come back to me on Twitter. So look out of my Twitter feed at the Spike Bar um, for uh, for Simon's pick. But Adam's gone with Tommy Fleetwood at eight to one. Fair enough. He's he is the class of the field. And Mark's gone with another nice long shot. Stephen Gallagher, 110 to 1. Obviously, Stephen won a few weeks ago uh, on the European Tour, showing a bit of form. Again, he's played well in Lynx Golf in the past, particularly up in Scotland. Uh, he's pre- predominantly done pretty well over in the Scottish Open uh, in particular. Um, so 110 to 1, that's some quite nice odds there. And it's that sort of golfer that will probably end up doing quite well this week. Somebody who's got a track record in Lynx Golf will do well this week. Uh, you know, for me, again, another outsider who's not been in some great form to look out for is Ross Fisher he's something like 70 to 1 uh, it's not a bad each way bet he just loves a bit of links golf um, there was a few two or three years in a row kind of about five years ago where he was just always there at the open uh, someone to uh, to keep a, a look out for and then moving over to the Byron Nelson similarly to to the British Masters in so much as that there's not a great deal of track record for us to look at here because the course moved to Trinity Forest near Dallas last year so we had the inaugural champion last year who was Aaron Wise great young PGA talent in his rookie season but it's a linksy style fast and firm golf course um, think kind of the sand belt in Australia um, it's that kind of style of golf course it's just going to play super fast super firm um, very different to the type of golf course that it was beforehand so um the other thing i think similarly to uh, to the british masters is the weather this weekend uh, okay they've got some showers and thunderstorms friday saturday which is kind of the norm for this time of year in the states but there's very little wind the whole week um so expect the scoring could be really really low because it's still playing firm and fast um so if these guys are you know able to control the ball off the off the tee um, get they're going to get super long legs. They're going to be put wedges in left, right, and centre. So somebody with a good tight wedge game will will likely do well this week. Um, in terms of the field, you've got uh, leading the field. You've got Kepka and then Matsuyama, and then the likes of Jordan Spieth, Aaron Wise, Henrik Stenson, Mark Leishman, Patrick Reed, Brandon Grace, Chucky Three Sticks. Um, uh, so it's, again, it's not a bad field uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but obviously clearly not as strong as the recent fields that we have been having. Um, again, for me, so I'm I'm going by somebody who loves it fast and firm for this week, and my winner, I'm going for Mark Leishman at twenty eight to one. Uh, he just loves it for first and fast and firm. Um, he's you know it's very similar to the type of golf courses he grew up on in Australia. He came second in the event last year to Aaron Wise. Um, I know he's not in fabulous form so far this year. He's kind of been okay, not really done anything too fabulous, but he's sort of been there or thereabouts and kind of he's certainly placing top twenties. Um, but this is a sort of course that he'll lap up. So I just expect him to uh, to do well this week. Um, he's a big game hunter as well, so hopefully turning in a little bit of form uh, moving into uh, uh, the major season uh, over the next few weeks. Um, Mark, invisible golfer, has gone for a favourite of mine. I really love this guy, Pat Perez, sixty-six to one. Uh, Pat had a good a good week last week at the Wells Fargo. Well, certainly uh, the first three days were very good. Last day was a bit disappointing, sort of fell away a little bit, but still had a very good week last week. So he's in some good form. Uh, golf's always better when Pat Perez is playing well in my eyes. Um, Adam Trett has gone for Chucky Three Sticks, forty-five to one. He's having a great season, um, completely under the radar. 
hundreds of top 20s top 10 finishes already this season just he's having a really really good season uh, just again cementing his his track record is such he's such a good golfer such a good golfer um so i, I really like that pick 45 to 1 uh, charles howell and simon's gone for the outsider pick here he's gone for adam shank at 125 to 1 i'm not even going to pretend to say i know a great deal about adam i know he's been at the top of a couple of uh, leaderboards already this season but i don't know enough about his game um so uh would be interesting to see how he fares this week simon is on a bit of a heater over the last couple of weeks so maybe he's got us he knows something that, that the rest of us don't so there you go there you have it for this week a bit of a wrap-up session from the masters and all everything else that's gone over the last couple of weeks i shall now be getting back into a bit more of a, a routine of uh, of the weekly podcast again i'm kicking off obviously next week with a, a probably a bit more in-depth one on the pga championship about what to expect uh, and all the rest of it and i'm going to try and pick up the interviews again i've got some guys i desperately need to get um, in front of uh, I've got uh, some a uh, couple of really interesting interviewees um, that want it's just about getting the diary sorted so I will get on top of that and get some more out there um, on that note if you have anybody if you know of anybody um, that you think would make uh, for a good interviewing um, I'm always keen for any suggestions so please hit me up at the spike bar um, on twitter and uh, and get in touch because any any feedback is gratefully received and and yeah obviously if you can subscribe to the podcast as well uh, that would be great uh, but until uh, next week enjoy the golf this week and i'll catch up with you uh, next uh, this time next week for the pga championships maybe tiger will make it two out of two let's see cheers for now 